Thank you for downloading this podcast from the Freedom Centre Church in Preston. I don't know about you, um, we've been looking for months now on the presence of God, enjoying the presence uh, of God. And as the weeks and months go past, I certainly am enjoying more and more God's presence. Um, and sometimes it's comfortable, sometimes it's uncomfortable. Um, and I know in the, the um, Connect groups, we've just started, haven't we, looking at the, the presence of God. And we'll continue doing that for uh, a couple, two or three months, I think. Um, and if you're not in a Connect group, get into one. It's, it's great. There's some great teaching there. Uh, the ground's moving again. <laughs> um, this morning we're going to look at Isaiah chapter 25. Isaiah chapter 25. And uh, this is... Uh, a very interesting chapter. I want to talk to you this morning on the tears of life. The tears of life. Isaiah chapter 25. Hopefully it's behind me. Uh, yes, it is. And uh, I'll, I'll make a couple of comments as we go through. Um, and then uh, for the time that's left, we'll look at... Uh, what I believe God wants to to speak to us. Um, Isaiah chapter 25, verse 1. Maybe we can just take a second to take in verse 1 in our own lives. O Lord, you are my God. My God. Not their God, not our God. My God. I will exalt you decision of the mind I will praise your name for you've done wonderful things your counsels of old are faithfulness and truth for you have made a city a ruin a fortified city a ruin a palace of foreigners to be a city no more it will never be rebuilt Therefore, the strong people will glorify you. The city of the terrible nations will fear you. And then there's a verse for Love Preston. For you have been a strength to the poor, a strength to the needy in his distress, a refuge from the storm, a shade from the heat. For the blast of the terrible ones is a storm against the wall. You will reduce the noise of aliens as heat in a dry place, as heat in a shadow of a cloud. The song of the terrible ones will be diminished. And in this mountain, the Lord will make for all people a feast of choice pieces, a feast of wines on the lees, of fat things full of marrow, of well-refined wines on the lees, and he will destroy on this mountain the surface of the covering cast over all people and the veil that is spread over all nations. And then a couple of verses that we're going to uh, just zero in on. He will, shallow, he will swallow up death forever. And the Lord God will wipe away tears from all faces. Say all faces. All faces. He will wipe away tears from all faces. The rebuke of his people he will take away from all the earth. For the Lord has spoken. 
And it will be said in that day, behold, this is our God. We have waited for him and he will save us. This is the Lord. We have waited for him. We will be glad and rejoice in his salvation. For on this mountain the hand of the Lord will rest. And Moab shall be trampled down under him. And straw, a straw and trampled down for the refuse heap. And he will spread out his hands in their midst. As a swimmer reaches out to swim. And he will bring down their pride. Together with the trickery of their hands. The fortress of the high fort of your walls. He will bring down lay low. And bring to the ground. And bring to the ground down to the dust. And uh, God will bless the reading of his uh, precious word. This chapter is not just about the Jews being delivered out of Babylon or about to be delivered and its destruction. It actually looks to the Christian's victory over his or her spiritual enemies. And it starts, as we should always start, it starts with exalting God. O Lord, you are my God. I will exalt you. So this morning I want to talk to you about uh, the tears of life. Hands up if you've ever cried. Everybody has put their hand up. Maybe even today you cried. I'm not asking you to put your hand up if you have. Maybe even today you've cried. Crying is spontaneous. I'm told, this is some facts for you about crying. I'm told we produce 10 ounces per day. And in a year, (laughs) wait for it, 30 gallons. It seems women are shedding more tears than men. Women cry an average of 5.3 times a month, while men cry an average of 1.3 times a month. Are you average? (laughs) Are you above average? Uh, We actually cry all the time. And we produce the same types of tears. And I checked this with a doctor before we started the service, and she told me uh, the lacrimal gland located on the outer part of the upper eye is constantly secreting a protein-rich antibacterial liquid. This fluid goes from the outer edge of the eyeball towards the cornea and lubricates the entire eye eye surface every time we blink. So there's tears, there's always tears. And there's three different types. There's the one first type that's for lubrication and is antibacterial. God's designed it that way. And that happens all the time in all of our lives without us even realizing it. The second type of tears are they call reflex tears. So you start peeling an onion and see what happens most times. Or you maybe get smoke in your eyes. Uh, I see these doctors looking at me. It's very worrying. <laughs> you see doctors looking at you thinking, am I giving the right information here? But I've checked it. I've checked it from a higher source. And uh, these are reflex tears. And they are protecting tears from onions, smoke, some, the wind or whatever. And then there's a third type of tears. They are like emotional tears. And what's amazing about emotional tears, they produce an endorphin. And they're actually a natural painkiller. That's why you say to yourself or you say to other people, you'll feel better when you've had a good cry. 
Well, that's the physical uh, reality. That's what happens. Endorphins are making you feel better. The saying says that as soap is for the baby, tears are for the soul. And uh, Jesus wept, didn't he? And uh, you often hear people repeating scripture. I actually think it's wonderful for people repeating scripture, but they don't always use it in the right way. But Jesus wept for Lazarus. He wept for Jerusalem. When did you last weep and what did you weep for? Uh, is a question I could ask. We were going in a taxi uh, from taxi in Chennai going to Chennai airport. And uh, we struck up a conversation with the taxi driver. You know, where are you going? What that's, you know, what are you doing? Asked about his work. He started to tell us that he was just about to finish his shift. I asked him how far home was. And he said, I said, how far, how long does it take you to get from your home to your job? And he said, two hours. I said, two hours? He says, yeah. He says, I get a bus and then I get a train and then I walk and by the time I get home, it's two hours. So then I started to, my mind started to think, two hours, okay, so how long are you home for before you start work again? And uh, we're talking about his shifts and how long between them, night shifts, day shifts. Um, I just asked questions. And uh, from what he was saying to me, I figured out he was getting four to five hours sleep a night or a day or whatever time he was getting his sleep. That's what his average was. And then he was going back to work. So then I started asking the question, well, do you get a day off? Yeah, I get, I get a Sunday off. I said, all right, great. What do you do on a Sunday? Oh, I go to church. I said, all right, okay. Um, six days a week. Yeah. I said, what about holidays? Don't get any holidays. And I've come across this before in Singapore when they seem to work 24-7, not 24-7, but 12-7, 365 days a a year. And uh, so in one sense, I wasn't surprised that he didn't get any holidays, but he worked 12 months a year. Can't afford to take time off. Can't afford to be sick. There is no sickness pay. So without saying we were pastors or Christians or what, why we were in India or anything, I began to ask him about this church and ask him about his faith. Asked him, um, he told me he was a Christian. I said, why are you a Christian? Asked, he says, I believe in Jesus. I said, why? I said, why do you believe in Jesus? I was having a bit of fun part of me, but also I was, I was digging. Asked him what his favorite Bible verse was and uh, was his family Christians and when do you go to church? And do you not resent going to church when you've like worked six days and, and now you're filling up the other day with going to church? Not at all, sir. His answers was, they were brilliant. And as he was answering the questions, and I'm sure I didn't say anything to Susan, she was listening to the conversation, I began to feel proud of him that this was a chap who loved Jesus in a nation of Hindus and Muslims and, and so forth. And I began to realize this was a, not just a taxi drive to the airport, this was a God appointment. And as I was asking all these questions, Sue knew exactly what I was doing. She knew what I knew, that I really, my underlying goal was to bless this guy. But I wanted to know if he was authentic. So I was asking sort of questions about Christianity and why do you believe that? And do you really believe that? And that sort of thing. And his answers, as I say, were just great. And my, my homework told me we had found a brother in Christ. But I found a brother in Christ who was hurting and, and was in pain. His job was stressful. He was tired, deeply tired. He was underpaid and constantly away from his family. Six days a week, 52 weeks 
a year. And what was inspiring was the one day that he was free was a church day. And his story is millions of people's stories in India. Um, in a sense, one sense, tragically, he's not unusual in terms of the work and, and workload. And the conversation continued. I asked him, how could he really believe in Christianity? What difference did Christianity make in your life then? You know, you're working so hard and you're under so much pressure. And uh, his, his answers were so rich and authentic and they just they brought joy, really, to, to my soul and Susan's soul. So eventually I, I came clean and I said, actually, you're talking to a couple of Christian pastors who have come to your country to tell people about Jesus and bless them and, and so forth. I told them I was proud of him, proud of his answers. And when I said that, I felt the presence of God fall in that taxi. Um, just fell. And I looked at him. And he's driving along, and we're sitting in the back, and the tears are flooding down his face. Running down his face as we're driving along these busy roads. And the first thought I thought was, these roads are crazy. I hope he <laughs> can see where he's going. And the second thought was, this just shows how much pressure he's under. He said something which was really revealing. He said, I knew God would send somebody to speak to me. I knew God was sending somebody to speak to me. Uh, God always answers. God always speaks. I knew he would come for me. He says, I was struggling. And then he did some encouragement. So we had the privilege of speaking words of encouragement to him. And I remembered. Oh, sorry, Susan remembered. Susan remembered, and then I remember something else. Susan remembered that I had one book left of my book in Tamil. And Susan said, we've got that book left. So I said to him, would you like a book that I've written? It's written in Tamil. Oh, I'd love that. I'd absolutely love that. Yes, yes, definitely. Can I have another copy? He said. I says, he says, why? I said, why do you need another one? He says, I need one for my wife at home and one for me at work. I said, sorry, that's the only copy I've got, got left. And he said, oh, it's okay, I'll photocopy it. <laughs> I said, you go right ahead, photocopy it as many times as you want. And then we prayed for him. As we were driving up towards the airport, we started to pray for him, tears running down his face. And then I remembered something. I remembered Susan had 2,000 rupees in her purse. You see, guys, it's always good to know what your wife's got in her purse. And uh, <laughs> I remember that she had these 2,000 rupees, and that was 20 quid. Um, so I remember that. I said to Susan, you still got that? Yes. I went, no reluctance at all. <laughs> and we gave it to him. Poof, he was in that ashtray. Put it in that ashtray as quick as, as that. And, uh, and then God reminded me. <laughs> He says, you've got 4,000 rupees in your pocket. So we gave him that 40 pounds. We didn't need it. We were leaving the country. We didn't need it, but he really needed it. So we gave him that as well. Precious to him. And the difference in his countenance from when we started the journey to when we finished the journey was incredible. Tears running down his face. So why did I tell you that story? Well, first of all, to tell you, we all did that. You know, it's easy for us to tell you about our trip, but we all did that. You sent us, we were obedient, and we gave the money, all of us, to that chap 
and what an encouragement it was to him. God had a child in India who was on the edge. And we, the Freedom Center, uh, met that need. And really, it was worth going to India just for him. Hundreds met with Jesus on our trip, but none more than that one man, really. The second reason I tell you that story is maybe a bit more interesting. Behind everyone that you meet out there, there is tears. Every single person. The tears of life. Life brings tears. Life's hard. Seems to be getting harder. People can be hard. People seem to be getting harder. And tears are not always represented by water running down someone's face. Sometimes tears are shown in different ways than just water down your face. Sometimes it's people who are angry but crying inside. Sometimes it's people who are frustrated and are crying inside. Sometimes it's people who are critical of you, horrible to you, but behind you, behind that comment or that attitude is tears. But people who are depressed, behind that depression is tears. People who are moody, tears. People who are difficult, tears. They're all outward signs of someday suffering, what I call the tears of life. There's no outward tears that you can see, but their attitude and their behavior tells you behind all of that anger, frustration, criticism, depression, moodiness, whatever it is, there's tears. And when we went into the car with the driver, there was no tears. Couldn't see any tears, but he was crying, struggling. Looked on the surface that it was okay. Never take people at face value. Never take them at face value. There's tears behind everyone's face. And God says, in in this chapter, he will wipe away tears from all faces. And my word to us this morning is, may not sound very eloquent, but we are the hankies. We are the wiper. We are God's answer. It's us that he wants to use to wipe away the tears of those people around you. Because the tears of life come to everyone. Because we all face circumstances, we all face people, we all face difficulties. And everybody you meet at work, at rest and play, at church even, has tears. They might not be crying, they might not be showing you that, those tears, but they're there. And when the, tra- when the taxi driver was sharing his living testimony, really he was saying, verse 9, this is our God, we have waited for him and he will save us. This is the Lord, and this is what the taxi driver said, we have waited for him, we will be glad and rejoice in his salvation. We were his salvation. We are all his salvation. And for someone this week, you will be their salvation. You will be their answer. You will be their difference. You will be the pre- take the presence of God into that room, into that ward, into that house, into that business, into that office. You will take the presence of God. And it's up to us to spot the hidden tears. Because tears are good. Tears are beneficial but they need to be wiped away. And we are the hands that God will use to wipe those tears away. 
And if we allow ourselves to be a benefit, to be a blessing, to look for the assignment that God has for us, he will give you the same opportunity that he gives us. We just need to be aware and get over ourselves. Um, it doesn't just happen to us in, in India. It happened in a restaurant in Preston a few months ago. It was after church one Sunday just like this. Um, we were tired. We needed to eat. We thought, let's go for something to eat and then get home. So we went into this restaurant. The person who met us immediately said, you're going to have to wait. We're very busy. It's going to be a long wait. And we looked at each other and thought, Okay, we'll just wait. Sat at the table, ready for the wait, brought us a drink, and we began the wait. I was hungry. It's never a good thing when a man's hungry. <laughs> and uh, we were both tired and really wanted to be out of there. And it had been so easy to miss this God encounter I'm going to tell you about. The waitress comes up to take our order. I said to her, you're very busy today. She nodded probably waiting for me to start complaining. I don't know, as everybody else around about was, was complaining. I said to her, it's tough, isn't it, when everybody's demanding attention, there's only two of you serving in the restaurant. And then I heard myself saying, I think you're doing a great job. Tears began to flow. She just stood there, her back to the restaurant, just facing us. Tears running down her face. Suddenly, like the taxi, the presence of God was there. It was like a holy moment. Told her who we were, who we served. We'd be praying for her. Susan gives her a card. And we got her food. <laughs> Didn't cost us a single penny to encourage her. But what she received was priceless. She received grace, understanding, love. And she didn't know it, but she experienced the presence of God. That's what we took into the restaurant. So this week, of all weeks, take the presence of God into where you are so that you can wipe away the tears of life for someone. They're going to be thankful, they're going to be grateful, and it's a privilege because he wants to wipe away all tears. And if you wipe away others' tears and you find yourself with tears of your own, Remember what the verse says. Behold, this is our God. We have waited for him and he will save us. We will be glad and rejoice in his salvation. As we wipe away others' tears, God wipes away our tears. The Lord God will wipe away tears from all faces. If we retreat into our own personal tears and feel sorry and self-pity for ourselves, we will miss it. But if we reach out to those who God crosses our paths with, suddenly as we minister them, God ministers to us. Every time, always, do unto others as you wish them to do unto you. And God will do it unto you. Be the blessing that you want others to be to you. Whatever you want for yourself, give it away and God will bring it to you. Be the, if it's encouragement, encourage people. Whatever it is, be the answer to someone else's need. If you, answers, if you answer people's need, you'll find God turns up. 
He turns up and you can feel and you can sense his presence. Let's just pray. Father, we thank you for your word to us this morning. Verse 1 said, O Lord, you are our God. We will exalt you. We will praise your name for you have done wonderful things. God has done some wonderful things. As we have been away, as we have been here, even this morning as we were worshipping, I could sense his presence in this place. That's an answer to prayer. It's an answer to prayer. Nothing more I want for this church than for the presence of God to be felt in this room. My My mother used to say, it's better felt than telt. And when you feel God's presence, often tears come. But God says, I'll put your tears in a bottle. Keep them for eternity. He wants to use us for other people's tears. He wants us to entertain angels. How's your entertainment going? Who are you entertaining? Who are you encouraging? Who are you blessing? Who are you being there for? Who are you loving? Who are you trusting? Who are you giving to? Who are you giving what you want to? Whatever the need is in your life, begin to give that need away and it will come to you. Wipe away the tears around you. This week, you're going to get some opportunities, I believe. Some God opportunities. There's going to be some assignments. Maybe angels sent across your path. People sent across your path. And written above their heads is a question mark. And God is saying, will you bless them? Will you comfort them? Will you love them? Oh, I'm too busy, Lord. I'm too busy. I'm, I'm rushing. I'm rushing. I don't like them. I don't love them. They're not my type. I don't look like them. Don't feel like it. I'm tired. Busy. God says, it's only a question. Are you willing to love them? If you don't love them, you don't really love me. And if you're crying yourself, let your tears drive you to be the blessing for someone else who's crying. Just because you're crying doesn't mean that you can't bless someone else. Just because you're hurting can't, doesn't mean that you can't bless someone else who's hurting. Just because you feel unloved doesn't mean that you can't show love. Just because you don't know grace doesn't mean to show that you can't show grace. So this week I believe God's going to bring people across our path. And it will be when you don't expect it, when you don't feel like it, when you're tired, maybe even when you're irritable, in a rush. And God will send somebody across your path. And it's a big question mark above their head. The question is, will you love me? Will you comfort me? Will you be there for me? 
Father, it's a privilege to serve you. It's an honor, Lord, to love your children. Father, you test us. You bring people across our paths. And so often, Lord, forgive us. We've hurried past on the other side. Or we've been too busy. Or we've had another agenda, another vision, another goal. But part of being in your presence, Lord, is to see with the eyes that you see with. Part of being in your presence is to love as you love. To love the unlovable. To love the ungrateful. To love those who don't even thank us. To be there for people who will never ever be there for us. And that's what you're calling us to, Father. Being in your presence, Lord, is not just tingles up our back, but it's producing a new life within us, making us practical, making us giving, making us loving, making us sensitive, making us Jesus. So I pray, Lord, that as many of us get opportunities this week, Maybe even today, Father. Some place, some time. The will come good. We'll not miss it as often we have in the past. We'll not miss it. We'll have a God encounter. We'll entertain angels unawares. And there'll be a smile in heaven as he sees his children being his hands and feet here on earth. Bless us, Lord. May your word rest upon us. Do life with us, Lord. Pick us up if we need picking up. Bring us down if we need bringing down. Give us finances if we need finances. Give us love if we need love. Give us fellowship if we need fellowship. Give us security if we need security, Lord. But be with us. We long for you. Lord, long for you and your company and your resources and your blessing. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. For more information about our church, or to access more of our resources, please visit thefreedomcenter.com.